When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. It's that time of year. Those cold northern winds can be blowing across our great plains. And if you're feeling the shiveries inside your house, you know what time it is? It's time to talk to your local Pella, Omaha, and Lincoln expert about taking a closer look at your windows. You can save energy and stay warm with windows from Pella that are properly installed, the patented Pella way by professionals using window and doors with the highest energy efficiency ratings in the industry from Energy Star. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. You know, sports are about combinations. You know, pick and roll, give and go, quarterback, wide receiver. Well, there are a bunch of great combinations at Runza. You got, you know, the cheese Runza, a cheeseburger, and French fries. I mean, one of my personal favorites is the Southwest chicken salad with the spicy ranch. But the big one, chili and cinnamon rolls. The best sweet and spicy combination to hit the Midwest since Turner Gill and Mike Rozier. Get to Runza and get yours today and tell them your friend Nick Baugh sent you. All right, uh, we got another uh, game recap podcast uh, today, long distance style. I am in Cincinnati, got some Fox TV duties for college hoops. Bo Root is back in Lincoln. We hook up via FaceTime, and we got a lot to discuss after another gut-wrenching loss. Nebraska falls to Iowa 26-20. to Certainly tons to unpack with this one. So let's get to it. Nebraska-Iowa game recap. Enjoy. All right, well, here we are, another Husker game recap. Once again, not in studio together. We are FaceTiming each other. Bo Root is in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I am in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I don't know, do I, do I need to get into all that's kind of gone on in my life for me to be stuck in Cincinnati for the entire weekend? Do, you, do I need to explain some things to people? Nick, how does a man end up in Cincinnati? <laughs> how does a man like you end up in the Hilton Garden Inn in Cincinnati? That's... Nick, what, what bad life choice did you have? <laughs> I am going to be in the Hilton Garden Inn in Cincinnati for seven days straight. Woo. That's what this trip's going to be. So real quick, so COVID is already dismantling my broadcast situations. Uh, yesterday, so to, we're, we're taping this, what is today? Saturday, we're taping this on a Saturday. Yesterday, I was supposed to call Xavier in Toledo on FS1. And we get to the game and everyone's standing around the broadcast truck. No one's inside the truck, outside the arena. And everyone's rattled and my producer's on the phone rattled. Apparently, some girl, some girl running graphics in the truck tested positive for COVID. And we had done games Wednesday and Thursday with that same crew. She, te- she gets a, t- a positive test on Friday morning, which in essence wipes out our production crew because no one can go inside the truck. Our production crew is all, you know, contact traced. Oh, so. Man. Literally 45 minutes before the, before tip, 
Fox has to just cancel the broadcast of the game. The game still happened, but they had to cancel the broadcast what? of the game because the only people that were like clear were me and Lane Grindle who were gonna we were gonna call the game. The only people because <laughs> we're the only ones that had not never been in the truck. You know, we weren't in the truck. We weren't uh, we weren't a, we weren't exposed to this this. Oh my chick. gosh! So I then. I have to leave. I mean, I have my makeup on. I have my suit on. I mean, I'm all fired up for Xavier Toledo. And so I, so that game is off. But I was supposed to call a Butler game at Hinkle Fieldhouse on Sunday. They got, they're on pause right now because they had a positive test. And so now I have to spend, I, I'm here because I have another Xavier game on Monday that I'm doing. But that's kind of, long story short, that's why I am like just, I'm, I have, all weekend in Cincinnati, and I'm at the Hilton Garden Inn doing nothing. I mean, does the maid walk in like your Howard Hughes? Like you give her like a jar of urine, and you're like, save, save this jar. I'll need it later. Like, oh my god, I'm full fledged outside of outside of the outside of the time that I was calling the games, sitting next to Lane Grindle calling the games. I've not like he's the only like human interaction I've had since I got here. And this is, this. I mean, we could, we'll get to the game in a second, but like, fly, I flew for the first time too. Have you, you haven't flown, have you? No, have not. I flew for the first time on Tuesday. And I hadn't flown anywhere since I came back. Since everything hit in March and I came back, I haven't flown anywhere. I haven't been out of the state. Let me tell you, it's kind of a mind clusterfuck in your head. When all of a sudden you're you're in an airplane, you know, like I haven't been around. I've been very responsible with what I've done and all that stuff. I've been around, and all of a sudden everybody's crammed into a plane. Oh, was the plane full? Full, full. Oh, wow. And so you know you're keeping your mask on all this. Stuff. It just was like I guess it's it was an intense like traveling was intense. You realize there's a lot yeah. of people that are going to de- develop some like it's going to take. It's going to take a little bit for people to get used to, like even, I mean, it's one thing to be rattled around people when you have a mask on. Like, imagine you take a mask off, you're going to be like, ah, ah, God. I, I told you, my, I, this, what I'm looking forward to most, which it's, it seems kind of crazy now, is, is a Husker game day where you go to a crowded bar after, like, for a victory, and it's, it's chest to chest, squeezing through, shoulders dipping, <laughs> no masks. I mean, that seems like a, a wild time right now. That was just a normal weekend. I'm telling just a normal day of travel felt like it felt like I might as well be freaking Russell Crowe and Gladiator. And when I landed in Cincinnati, I was like, oh, you're not entertained. Oh, you're not entertained. I mean, I might as well have just been. I mean, I like that's how intense the day. <laughs> you not intense. Uh, 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 you got it on plane. I mean, I landed and I turned to everyone. I said, "My name is Maximus Decimus Aurelius. Son, I will have my revenge on Corona." I mean, it was intense. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean. If I'm a little excited to like see you even virtually, I'm just excited to like. It's just so good to see someone. Nick, I'm a person. It's a person. I don't Nick. know what to do. I really don't know what to do with you right now. And also, if I'm moving, if I, if I'm fumbling over my words and moving a little slow today, so the only good thing that of yesterday's game getting canceled by broadcast was I got to 
come back to my room and watch all of the Nebraska-Iowa game. Yeah, oh yeah. And let me tell you, I had purchased a bottle of wine when I first arrived, and the second Martinez, the second Martinez got sacked and fumbled and I were recovered, I opened the bottle of wine. And uh, so, you, so your boy, your boy <laughs> smashed a bottle of wine by himself, and I'm, I'm moving a little slow today, so... Well, you answered the the one question I was going to ask was uh, my my question was how are we coping, Husker fans? Like, how what what methods are we using? Like, what are we doing? Um, and that answers my question for so you you had a nice bottle of wine, nice and- bottle of wine, and just in sat in my room and just kind of just pouted, just pouted by myself. That's all. That's all it was. You know, I, I don't. How could you not? It was in the air yesterday. I think everybody, I think this one, even though we played better, the loss felt worse yesterday. I mean, I, I had to take a long walk. Right. And just, and I was, uh, well, I drank some wine too. Drank oh some wine. Shouts out to wine. And I ended up watching uh, a Ken Burns. Have you ever seen Ken Burns documentary on baseball? No. It was the, it was the only thing that was like, uh. the spot. it was like this. It's this long documentary. <laughs> that, like, I got like an hour in of it, but it's like it's like ten hours. It's like you know, like and then Babe Ruth threw the pitch. You should have known it was coming. You know, it's so slow, but like I was like, that's the only thing that makes me feel good right now. I don't know why. Oh so, wow! Well, that's Ken Burns Ken documentary, Burns documentary on baseball. Through. That seems like it would put me to sleep, but but that's the point. It, it gets your it calms you it down, relaxes you. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I can okay. see that. It's it can calm you down a little bit. Wine, Ken, Ken Burns. Burns. That'll that will lower the heart rate in a variety of ways. Is what you needed to do. So, yeah, because yeah, we, you know, you talk about how people are coping. It's truly amazing, considering all the variables involved in a football game, all the the opponents, the players, the weather, the refs, the the positions, the, the everything. It's remarkable that Nebraska can somehow replicate and duplicate and have the same game with the same ingredients over and over and over and over again. Like that's hard to do where you cuz you the, one of the things that is that is amazing about sports and one of the reasons you know people talk about like sports are DVR proof and all that stuff is that you got to see it because you kind of all say to yourself, like, man, you got to see the games because, like, no two games are alike. You know, every game's different. Every game takes on its own thing. Somehow, Nebraska is defying that, where they are having the same game over and over again. Like, it, we've seen that game yesterday a thousand times now under Frost, where it's like they lose by one possession, they have untimely turnovers, untimely penalties, special team sucks, they get killed in field position, and they the defense the offense sputters in a big spot and they lose. Like we've it's just I guess I just want to start with like stop for a second and think about how hard it is to do have the same game over and over and over and over again and it's happening. I I it's hard to explain. I, I don't know. I mean that's a, the way you just phrase that I mean, I, I'm trying to find an answer for that right now. Seriously. I don't know that I can give it to you. It's, I don't it's know. crazy. It's, it is crazy where it doesn't matter really who the opponent is. You can even change who's on the field for to, to a certain extent for both teams. 
You can change the weather. You can change it, and yet it's the same. The game still has the same five or six ingredients in it every time. And I, I think that is style, that's the, the style we're playing I don't right know. now. Like our offense, the way we're playing is so uh, it's so not boom or bust. It's sort of just this like it's sort of a it, it's a conservative, such a conservative version of that offense that it keeps us in games, but it never wins us the game or something. It's you crazy. Know? Like, it's it's it is nuts. Where I mean, is Frost now lost? Is he up to eleven? I thought I saw is a, he has 19 losses and I think 11 of them are by one score. That that's un, it's crazy to think about. That's a crazy record. It's it is it is unbelievable. And so there's the thing that's that's you know we we feel like like when I write down and outline the pot I'm like well we've like we talked we've talked about this a million times but we got to talk about it again. Well, we've talked about this a million times but we got to talk about it again because it's what happened in the game. And, you know, I think I want to start with just kind of the offense's day because it was an interesting day. I guess, first of all, let's just get into the bit like Martinez, you know, we felt like, okay, it's Luke time. Luke was going to now be the guy for maybe the rest of the year. But, you know, he struggles and then Martinez gets inserted into the equation. Martinez starts, but then Luke comes in after two drives. But then ultimately Martinez is the guy for the lion's share of the game. I guess, what did you think of just kind of how that quarterback situation was handled? For being in a quarterback, you know, for having a quarterback problem right now, yesterday is a little befuddling in itself because we had two quarterbacks that did a really pretty darn good job. I mean, Adrian Martinez was 18 to 20. Yeah. 174 yards, uh, no picks. He he had the one turnover, obviously, at the end. Uh, but that's not on him in my in my I mind. Agree. And then McCaffrey, you know, came in and did good things when he was in and looked more comfortable almost coming in as that like supporting role. And so in a weird way, I as much as I don't like playing multiple quarterbacks, I almost felt like it was good though. I was I was when when Luke came in for the second time I was a little confused but then almost I the after I slept on it I thought you know what like maybe this is good it it's the change up our offense needs when we go stagnant which yeah. we typically do after a drive or two so I don't know Nick it, it's we're in a really unique spot because we have so little playmakers outside of about 3 people and to take one of them completely out of the game like I think bringing in Luke just to let him run the ball a few times isn't a bad thing. But I, I did like I did like Martinez's play, and I think Martinez may have solidified himself for the rest of the year. I think it's clear watching yesterday and getting a, a, a relative a small sample size of Luke, but big enough to at least be able to kind of like have some takeaways with the the Penn State game and the Illinois game. Adrian Martinez is the, and we kind of knew this, but it's been kind of validated. Adrian Martinez is the more polished quarterback, the better thrower, the more accurate thrower, which even though Nebraska's pass offense is bad, you still you still have to be able to try to throw the ball, you know? Yeah. So in my opinion, I think it's kind of like 
Adrian has solidified himself as he's the better quarterback overall. But I also yeah. think this offense has shown you that its lack of dynamic, explosive playmakers lends itself to where you need to put Luke McCaffrey on the field. You know, like you said, Nebraska has so few of legitimate playmakers that you can't afford to have Luke sit on the sideline the whole game. And so yeah. whatever role that looks like, whether that he's coming in for a series or two and running the ball, or if you can do what you did against Ohio State and bring him in and hand him the ball, whatever, I just think Nebraska's skill positions in terms of their explosiveness and production are so bad right now that you need all hands on deck there. And so I don't, I'm never a fan of playing two quarterbacks, but because of the situation, I feel like you almost have to play Luke, even though I think Adrian has solidified himself as the guy right yeah, now, at least. I, the way I see it right now is like, I, you know, some people say, just move Luke to Ibeck. And I go, I don't see Luke being a great no. running back just as a running back. He's not built for it. I don't think he's that kind of athlete, but he's a really good sort of, you know, hybrid QB runner. Um, that's where his strength is. He has good vision. He has good feel. And with that lack of production from the running back, I, I think that there's a place for this sort of two quarterback system right yeah. now where McCaffrey is the hybrid that comes in and just gives us a chance to run and gives Adrian a little bit less pressure on him to do everything with his feet and arm. So I think it's a way to sort of get another weapon on the field keep Luke involved and give Adrian a little bit of a break from having to run it too much. Cause I don't think he's built to run, you know, 20 times a game either. He, that's not him. So I, I think there's a place for it. And that may have been a little bit of the blueprint going forward. I agree. Um, but not, it's not ideal, but it's, it's sort of, I think this is what we're going to, what, where we're at right now. Cause the running back position is not giving us anything. Not at all. I mean, the running back is, it's, it's kind of amazing how what that group has devolved into, and I guess I don't know. Is Mills like done? And not that I've, you, I don't think I think you and I are in lockstep. I never thought Mills was like anything elite, but like, is he done? I no, mean, he, I think I don't think he's done. I think he's nicked up. It was an ankle or a knee or okay. a foot or something like that, and because he, he was limping around, I think maybe uh, Penn State uh, after the first the first quarter and. Um, but I, I just no he I mean he didn't even I didn't even see him on the, the sideline anywhere well, really so um, hopefully he's not done done I I didn't assume he was I don't done. I haven't heard I, he I'm is either I'm just playing. curious as to where now it's been you know he's he I mean he's been zero factor all year like zero zero you know like even yeah, even before surprising. he got nicked up he's kind of really not done much but I'm totally with you on like I don't think you can just say all right put Luke at running back it's like that's not how it works you know like I. I I, I do he's think not built for that. He's not built he's not. for that, but I do think you can. With that said, you can get him carries in some way, you know, in creative ways, like reverses. Uh, if you want to, every like, I'm not anti. There's a difference between every once in a while motioning him to backfield and handing it to him versus like him being like an every down guy at running back. He's not that, you know. No, no, I, I don't even like the. I, I like the idea of when he has the chance to run and throw. Cause that's, that's where he has, you know, there's an advantage that he can throw the ball. Um, I just don't know that he's the, uh, a drop back pocket passer. He's a guy that you can run those 
you know, play actions or, you know, option pass, any, anything like that when he's in, it's another threat that the defense has to guard and prepare for all week. That's sure. a big pain in the butt. Like you're making them prepare for two quarterbacks. That's an advantage that I think, you know, as a, as a coach, you look at and go, yeah, might as well make them do that. Make them guard it all. It, it was a weird, you know, so the game starts it, it just going, kind of going through, we're not going to get in the nitty gritty of like of each play, but looking at each drive, there were bad snaps early and we're going to get into Cam Jurgens in a second, but bad snaps early first two drives, Nebraska has to punt with Martinez at quarterback. Then they bring in Luke, which it sounds like they were that was pre pre planned. It was like yep. Adrian's going to get two series and coming with Luke, and then Nebraska has two trips to the red zone, one of which was set up from the DiCaprio Boodle interception with good field position. But they have two trips to the red zone, and once again settled for two field goals, and then Adrian comes back in and they score a touchdown to in the first half. That was the yeah. drive, I believe, with the Austin Allen catch on the sideline. That was a great play. And then to start the second half, they have the great eight-play, I think 70-yard drive that that ends in a touchdown. So for four straight drives, Nebraska scored. So like, not that this offense was great, but for a little bit there, kind of kind of started, like I would almost say that was maybe the best stretch of, of offensive rhythm we've seen all year where you go field goal, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, especially the first drive to start the second half. And then, for whatever reason, the offense just tanked. Because then, for the rest of the game, they have three straight punts, and then they have the fumble to end the game, and it's ball game. And the the perplexing thing, not that it, it – Oh, it didn't matter because they they brought him in. We just said that we like bringing in Luke in different spots. I thought it was interesting, though, after Cam Taylor muffed the punt and Iowa recovered and then kicked the field goal and it's 26-20, to 20, the next series, Frost brought Luke back in. Yeah. Where Luke hadn't played the entire – Hadn't played the entire second half. Adrian, I thought, was playing well. Now, granted, they brought him in and ran him twice, and they ultimately then got a first down with Ramir Johnson on third down. So, and then they brought Martinez back in. But I just thought that was a, I thought that was the only time that I was like, wow, really? It's interesting. You're going back to there's a difference between rotating and then rotating with the game on the line like that when one guy had played well. But. uh I'll throw it back to you. I mean, I just, it, yeah, it was it, it was weird. I think it's a it's a rare it's a rare situation where I don't know that Scott Frost has a clear favorite in his head. I think he when he says it's fifty fifty, like it, you could go either way with these two guys. I think it's so close to that right now that he could when the game's on the line, he he'll take either one. Right. I I don't know what it is. I almost feel like there is. Like Luke in moments, he's almost the most comfortable with, but overall it's, it's Adrian. And that's odd to say, but, but I think he trusts Luke to make a play uh, or they need to get a first down. So let's give it to Luke and let him run. It's the safest thing we can do. But then like Adrian is better, I think, with more, uh, the, if he right. has the ball more. And isn't that kind of an odd, it's odd to say that, but. I don't think we have a clear quarterback. I think we sort of have two guys he likes and nobody he likes in every situation. Yeah. I mean, because, again, we talked about this last week where you're in this weird spot where 
Your passing game stinks, period. But one quarterback gives you a better chance at that passing game producing something, which ultimately probably needs to happen for Nebraska to win. But then you have another quarterback who is better at running and he gives you a dynamic that you need because arguably the most, if you had to say what it does, if you had to pick the one thing about this offense in a, I mean, which is bad to begin with, but one, the one thing about the, the, what is the, the most, what is like it's staple, like most consistently productive thing. You'd probably say Luke McCaffrey running. Yeah. So, but, but, but you're not getting into the throwing. So it's just this like weird, he's in this rock and a hard place with the quarterback situation. And it's, it's hard because I feel for a guy like Martinez where it's like, you know, he's, he was the starter, he's the guy, then he gets benched, then they go back to him, but now they're rotating. And, like, again, I know everybody puts on the, the good face with it and, like, hey, man, whatever you got to do to win, but that stuff, that's hard. Like, it is, it, it's not easy to do. Here's why it's to me it's 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 bearable right now for a guy like Martinez, right? If he had a whole bunch of weapons out there at wide receiver that he, you know, certain plays like okay, this this play it's it's my 6 foot 5 wide receiver that I'm just going to throw it up to him down the sideline once. Uh okay, here's my speed guy in a deep post. You know, if he had a few of these weapons that he could be, you know, throwing it to or hey, this is my horse running back I just turn hand to and I don't have to think that gives him the break and gives him the 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 outlet to to use his talents. Right now, so much of this offense, when there's not those other guys that we have to manufacture with the quarterback, that I actually think it's okay right now to bring in a quarterback to just run the ball because if we had these other guys in place where you could take instead of bringing Luke in, you might say, "Well, guess what." Shot. Here comes the fade route. Yeah. Here comes the shot. Th- these are the type of things that you do right. um, when you have guys. Okay, here's our here's our Gronkowski. All we got to do is just play action, and that guy, you just throw it up high to him. He's got it, right? All those type of easy plays that are outlets for your quarterback just to – I don't know that we we got anybody that can help us with that right now. So it's it's – we kind of have to manufacture through – the second quarterback almost. Right. And, and that might sound weird. No, I, I know I what just, you're saying. I mean, it's just, I, felt, I think I, I, I wasn't mad at that at all. No, at, I'm not really I either. I, I, because I think if you're, if you're, if you're mad at that, your anger is misguided that you need to zoom out and be more just upset with the offense in totality. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're, I mean, because it, it is, it is amazing. This offense's inability to have explosive plays, throw the ball down the field. I mean, there can't, how many how many completed passes have traveled in the air more than 25, 30 yards? I don't know one that's traveled in the air more than 25. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe one more than 20. I mean, so I guess like this is <laughs> this is like a high like from from an explosive pass play standpoint, this is like a high school offense in some ways. We- the only guy right now that can take off the top is probably Betts. And he's so young and inexperienced. I don't know that, that they're comfortable having too many plays go to him. I think they've right. really just, they say, here are the plays you got to do. 
go do those. Um, but other than that, Nick, I mean, between Warner and Falcons, like nobody's taking the top off right now. Right. You know, and, and well, so just, we, we really just, we got to find a way maybe to get one of these young kids that, that's got the speed to do it, um, to get them out there. But we're, we're just, we are, you know, if people have a, an issue with, with playing two quarterbacks, I'd say, well, you know who also doesn't like doing that? It's probably Scott Frost. He doesn't want to do that. No. I feel like this is a – you do this when you have to do it. Right. I, I, I just think when you think about what this offense is built – this offense isn't built to have 9, 10, 11, 12-play drives. That's not what this offense is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a quick-striking, big-play, explosive offense. Yeah. Like. That's why it might have been Jay Moore that pointed out. It might have been Michael Severe too. Like they, that you look at a lot of the offensive red zone numbers at Oregon and at Central Florida, they're, they're, they weren't great in large part because they didn't get down into the red zone a lot because they scored like from outside of the red yeah. zone. You know what I mean? It was, like, a, tra- it was a track meet usually. It was, it was these guys running for 60-yard touchdowns every you know couple of plays it's always felt like. Right, and so you don't have that. This offense, is it's, it's built on big plays – and those plays aren't happening. Like yesterday's bit, I think the longest play was Martinez's 30-yard run that got brought back because of holding. Yeah. And so it's just a it's it's a it's a tough spot right now, which leads me to I, I wanted I want to get into this. The the Cam Jurgens bad snap stuff. I feel like Scott Frost is in this really, really weird situation with Cam Jurgens, where, let me lay this out. Frost was the one that talked Cam Jurgens into the position change to center. He had never played center. That's not what he was really recruited to do. That wasn't what he'd done his whole career. He gets talked into the position change. And then in the midst of talking Cam Jurgens into that position change, he tells everyone publicly, hey, man, this guy Cam Jurgens, I think he's got Dave Remington potential at center. So he talks him into the position change. He tells everyone how good he can be in that, at that position. It's really hard to then bench him after those two things. Well, and he's, he, Nick, he's arguably your most talented lineman. Uh, and that, see, and that's what's, but what's hard that's about what's it, hard too, because then yeah. you're then you're your most talented guy if he can't play guard right now, which he might not be able to for a variety of reasons that you know coaches would know better than me. Um, but then you take out one of your three or four best offensive players on the team, which is lacking talent. The guy has talent. And so, so that's what's hard it's because it's a terrible like terrible spot to be in. But it's 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 <laughs> tough because he he might be a he might be great after the snap. But if he can't get the snap right, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. He can't. It, it doesn't. I, I I truthfully, I I tweeted this, and I'm dead serious. I think if you took all 120 FBS teams and you combined all of their errant shotgun snaps over the last season and a half. I bet Nebraska still has more. I'm ser- like I think I, if you took all know. of their errant shotgun snaps offensively, it still doesn't equal what Nebraska has. But but to what I talk like 
What's hard is if if you talked Cam Jurgens into the position change and you told everyone how good he was going to be, it's hard to bench him after that. It'd be like if I right now convinced you to leave your job and come work for my company and then fired you. You'd be like, what, what yeah. the fuck? Dude, you just told – wait a minute. You told I me mean, to, to quit, to this, this quit my job and come work for you. Because I, I think here's, here's the hard part is Jurgens is – a serious talent. He really is. He's a, he's a great athlete. And he's trans. It's really hard to change, make a big position change like that. Going from like a, a tight end to a center is a pretty big change. Yes. It's a big change. And, and, and so Jurgens is a great kid, a hard worker, and he's really talented. Everything you want as a coach. And then he's not doing what he needs to do. So this is the conundrum that they're in when they don't got enough talent. Like normally, Nick, you know, it's the easy thing to do when you got another guy just as good. Well, get him the heck out. That's the easy answer, and that's that's what every coach would like to do. We're in a tough spot where if you want to say, guess what? If you make mistakes, you don't play. Uh, sit over here. They think they have a, a worse chance of winning, and that's the hard part. Is like. Arguably, you could say that those snaps have could have cost us this game. Right. That, you yeah, know, so I, the, the snaps cost us this game, but do you feel better about winning the next game without them? And I don't know the answer. I, I think that's the, the rock and a hard place is they don't want to not play Cam Jurgens. It's just getting hard to keep playing him if he continues th- to do That's that. the problem. I guess at what point? Because I hear everything you're saying. And I don't want to be blind to the fact that the guy is talented, that, you know, again, after the snap, he's really good. You know, like the guy, the guy is really good. And I, I also am not naive to the fact that there, that the options outside of him at center probably create a domino effect that aren't good. I get all that. But at what point is it like, what are we talking about? He well, cannot I, I, get the snap to the court. Like, I, I wish I had an analogy of like this guy's the best pitcher I've ever seen. His only problem is that he he has to run after he pitches it. He has to run to the catcher, and the catcher <laughs> he is, can't is catch. It, 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 yeah. so it Shaq, take... It's not Shaq and free throws because Shaq overcame. Yeah, like I, I, it's like what it's, are we talking uh, about? What's the analogy? I mean, Nick, I, here, he can't the snap the ball. He cannot. He is center. If you said, "All right, uh, describe the job of a center," he'd be like, "Well, the first thing is he's got to snap the ball," and you'd be like, "What?" Well, is it, can he do that? You're like, no, he's terrible at that. He's the worst maybe he's in the terrible. country. He's, he's a <laughs> I just don't. bad – Nick, he's a bad shotgun snapper. It's, he is. It's unbelievable. So I guess I'm just – because, again, I don't want to be blind to everything you just said because I agree with it. But what are, at, at what point is enough enough is enough? You know what I mean? Well, like, would you, well when he gets to it ben- – Would you bench him? Yes. He's benched. Yeah. Or you, or you move positions. Bo, we can't. Bo, you cannot. You cannot go. Uh, you cannot. This is with me. Uh, I, I will say this is me it's not tough. understanding. The the backup might be, you know, with McGee, who is, yeah, you know. You know how with McGee. <laughs> you know, but I'm saying, like, so you don't, like, you can't, you cannot continue to play this guy. Bo, he can't I, snap I'm, the ball. You are, I mean, you are guaranteed. You are guaranteed a minimum of three, probably four, horrible snaps a game. Like, like I'm talking like, and it's a moon ball way over yeah. the quarterback's head. <laughs> there like, it goes. 
it's a little bit like Major League or something. One of those movies where it's like somebody really gets the yips and you have to, you know, the 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 lead actor has to, you know, come up with a way like like Cam, you got to start wearing <laughs> women's underwear so that your mind's on the women's underwear and it's not on the right, snap. You right, know, right. Get his mind off of it. It's, it's one of those weird it's one of those weird moments where Maybe Nick, that's all they need to do is just like he'd have, have watched, him yes. start wearing women's some underwear. sort of crazy superstition that gets his mind <laughs> off something. Maybe it's women's underwear. I I did see a hilarious, cynical, sarcastic asshole tweet from someone yesterday. It's like my solution that solves a bunch of problems is play McCaff- put McCaffrey and Martinez at quarterback, and whoever the snap goes to, they're the quarterback for that play. <laughs> like it, maybe you line up you tough. line up I mean, both Nick, of them and whoever the snap goes to you're like well, okay now the snap is to luke on this play it was a little errant but i, I don't know i just I don't mean, nick, nick the right here's the, here's the, here's the reality under normal circumstances 10 out of 10 times he's benched okay yes and the problem is is we're in a we we lack talent enough that you they don't feel like they can bench him well clearly I mean, that is a bunch. Like, I don't even need to and have them tell all, me that. That's all we're at. Where I, I, I don't want to get on my high horse and say it's that easy because uh, if it was that easy, Nick. I mean, they they took him out, and then when it came ta- time to the next half, they said, "Well, we'd rather have him in there." Right. So no, that, that I, tells you kind of what the way they see it is. They're a way better team with him on the field. That they will, they're willing to deal with those snaps to have him out there. Yeah, and, and that's what I, I mean, again, clearly clearly they don't have any other option or you would have made this change. I mean, yeah, but I don't, guess... They don't like... I mean, they got a, they got another freshman at, at, at guard, you know, so... It's just you nuts know, basically, it, it's we We weaken up a lot, I think, if we bring in somebody else to play guard. And, you know, it's tough. I mean... I guess the big thing is it's that not a good even, answer. Not only not only does Nebraska clearly not have options, but even the layer that I said at the start, there's also this like Cam Jur- like he talked Cam Jurgens into the position change. You know, it's it's really hard when you convince when you're the one that gets someone to make a big like this is a big change and this is your football career. You get four years. To play college football. And for you to say, we're going to change positions. Like, I, and and Cam to say, okay, I trust you to, to deal. This is it. This, you only get one shot at this, all this stuff. Like, and then for then Frost to bench him would be like, it's awkward. You know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 a, it's awkward. awkward I, I think it has less to do with him being talked into it and more to do with he's one of their talented guys. And there's so few talented guys, it's, it's Cam and it's uh, and it's Wandale and it's you know Tyrod. Like there's a handful of like we got real talent here, very few. And it's really hard to tell those guys, or, or not even to tell them. It's it's really hard to be like we're gonna have those guys sit. Right, and, and you know I get it. Saying? I just think it's that's such, just it. I, I, it's just an amazing scenario where you have you you have a, a center that has a minimum of four atrocious snaps a game. And this has been going on for two years. And and you you Nick, are in such Nick, a bad Nick, spot. Women's underwear. Women's Nick, underwear women's is the underwear. answer. Victoria's Secret. No, you know what? 
in Major League Two, the the catcher, remember the catcher kept throwing it over the, and they had him reading, they had him reading magazines. I think like women's magazines. Maybe that's what, good housekeeping. I want to I want to yeah, see Jurgens on the sidelines <laughs> reading Good Housekeeping. That's what I want to see. But he he would he would recite the articles or something as he. What he needs to do. That's what he, he needs to do. Women's yeah. underwear. By the way, have you ever have you ever been inside Victoria's Secret? Like been physically inside of Victoria's Secret? Have I? <laughs> <laughs> I've got actually. Me and my wife went in once, and you feel you feel better when you're with your wife. When you're not, when with you're your not, wife, I mean, you, I've done that too. Oh, I I've done that, and there's few things that are more. Jim Gaffigan has a great bit on that. He goes, "Every man walks into Victoria's Secret, and they got to portray this feeling of boring. This is boring." <laughs> 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 Yeah, you instantly feel like you are like I feel like it, like for some reason Chris Hansen's gonna come out and be like, "What are you doing here? Why don't you take a seat?" And you're like, oh, "Why I, don't you go? What are you What are you doing in here? Why, why do you, we have the transcript place, of uh, you said I'm gonna go to Victoria's Secret and pick up some thongs. You did say that, right? <laughs> you said that. Like, no, I no, I didn't say it. No, I didn't, I, no. what I meant. I didn't say that. I was gonna go to Cinnabon. That's what I was gonna do. I was gonna go Cinnabon, and that's what that's that's what it was. Is this Cinnabon? Wait, this isn't Cinnabon. I, I thought it was a Cinnabon. My fault. My fault. That's like, but maybe maybe I want to see Jurgens go to Victoria's Secret. That's what I want to see. I think I think we got the answer for this kid. I think we figured it out. I think we figured it out. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast and talk to you guys about Runza. So, you know, I've told you guys about the fact that you can custom order your Runza sandwiches, which is obviously a game changer. You can add anything within reason to a Runza sandwich. Different cheeses, maybe some fries, maybe some pickles, whatever. Since they all start out as an original Runza, and are made to order, you can get creative. Well, I love getting tweets like this one from Joshua. He tweeted at me, tried the custom order tonight. Highly recommend you add ranch to the Runza with cheese. Hashtag Runza. Wow. Ranch on a Runza? I mean, that sounds incredible. Good work, Joshua. I'm going to have to give that one a try. You need to get to Runza and make your own masterpiece just like Joshua did. And when you're there, you need to tell him your buddy, your pal, your partner, your podcast buddy, Nick Ba, sent you. Runza makes it all better. And while we're here, let's talk about Pella windows and doors. I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. Let's, uh, let's, pull, up, uh, let's pull up Pella's website right now. Look at this. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Five different types of windows or doors by Pella have won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. I mean, that's some, that's that's incredible. And they achieve that in a couple of ways. You have the insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. You have types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. You have triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace and within all that within all that one of the keys is proper installation which is key for windows and doors to perform at their best and you know the Pella experts are excellent at that bottom line energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable and Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella check them out online PellaOmaha.com that's PellaOmaha.com back to the podcast all right and not, I mean anything else with the offense before we move well, on to some other thoughts comments I, I questions, guess concerns with my biggest takeaway like from the whole game was our 
play calling was was really solid, I thought. Our quarterback play was really solid. Our receivers and tight ends and running backs did their jobs, I thought, for the most part. And this is the first game I felt like our offensive line kind of cost us the game in a lot of ways, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, obviously special teams was with it. Yeah. Um, drop punts with it. But it's basically special teams drop punt and our offensive line sort of missing key blocks or getting bad penalties. You know, the hold, the missed block at the end of the game. I mean, we missed a couple blocks on these screens that were, you know, bigger plays were waiting. And I just thought, man, I go, this offensive line, I had sort of, after I watched them against Ohio State, I was impressed with them after Ohio State. And I feel like they've re- they've regressed a little bit. Agree. And I'm not sure why that is. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It, it, yeah, it's, it's a weird game offensively. Um I thought but, it was, but the p- offense did a good job. Other than, Again, you know, like the, the guys that we think struggled didn't struggle. That, I mean, you had a four series stretch where you scored two touchdowns and two field goals, and you really moved the ball well. You know, yeah. And then, then you just kind of went in the tank, and it was whether it was bad snaps, bad penalties, uh, missed blocks, whatever. Like. That caused a lot of your issues in your, you know, in the one, two, three, four, five, six other drives. I mean, you have ten total drives. You score on four of them, six of them in, or five of them in punts. One's in in the fumble in the game. So, yeah, it's just it's still the the story continues to be with this season and with this team, just the offenses, the offensive struggles. Yeah, you know, and and then the other. I mean, you just, you know, we talked about the holding on the long Martinez run, you know, getting into some of the untimely struggles. We talked about uh, Cam Taylor Britt's muffed punt return was probably the biggest play of the game. It, yeah, it, it was. That if was. you had to pick one that was, because it's 23 to 20, you get a stop, you're going to have decent field position, you, you muff the punt. Iowa recovers, kicks a field goal, and now it's 26 to 20, and you're really reeling. And then I also thought a sneaky, untimely mistake was uh, Luke Reimer's late hit on early in the game that yeah. led to a field goal. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, with the defense, though, I don't think, I, I don't think there's any question that. You know, you and I have been consistent in saying that this defense is improving. And I think this game was a perfect example of that where Nebraska is no longer really getting just dominated in the trenches. You know what I mean? Like getting shoved around. I actually thought Nebraska won that battle in terms of, you know, if you just take Iowa offensive line in the trenches versus Nebraska's defensive line and and control in the line of scrimmage, I give – Nebraska the nod there and you look at it in 2018 year one with Scott Frost Iowa averaged 5.9 yards per carry last year against Iowa 2019 Iowa averaged 7.3 yards per carry yesterday Iowa averaged 2.9 yards per carry like I I think we got to at least give a a nod to whether it's that the 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 D line, the linebackers, and really even like the the safeties and those guys coming up and hitting. Yeah. I just thought Nebraska did a good job there. 
I mean, Nick, to shut down Iowa's run game is really hard. I mean, I think they had, I mean, how many, how many, how many runs did they have total in this one? I think they had, they ended up with 129 yards on a lot of carries. Um, and to keep Iowa under 200 yards rushing is a hard thing to do. Yeah. And we kept them under 150, which is, uh, I thought was a, a huge win for us. Um, the big, the, the thing that I think cost us though, is they did hold on the ball a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. So we did a good job, Benny, not breaking, but that kept our offense off the field and our offense didn't hold the ball quite long enough themselves. So they had a full 10 minutes more of like just having the ball uh, throughout the game. But I mean, you, you got to feel good about the defense one bouncing back from a really shitty, shitty performance. Yeah. Excuse my language. No, I like it. Uh, Look at you. I forget where I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do my best not to cuss. Look on at the you. Show, but you know, yeah. sometimes I literally forgot I was on, we're on a <laughs> podcast here. I'm just talking to you. <laughs> oh um, man okay but but anyway and so and they also i felt like they bounced back from a you know the first couple drives weren't their best right. of the game they and they in. really they pulled it together and, and sort of bowed up for the rest of the game which which showed me a lot so you know we don't got pass rushers we we have outside linebacker is a problem right now uh, and it's going to be till we can get somebody that, that can get to the quarterback um, to really make this defense hum. But for what they have, um, I think these guys are playing pretty solid defense. They're playing sound, you know, not as many missed tackles. Everybody's in their They're gaps physical. doing a pretty good job. They're hitting They're being people. physical. They're not getting pushed around. Like that's – I think it was it – was Frost made the comment after the Iowa game in his first year of being like, they don't – like. We don't look like them. They're pushing us. That's when he made that count. Like, in just a short period of time, that has completely changed. And, but, but there's no doubt the lack of pass rush is, is glaring. I mean, that's what's so weird is this, they, they're really good against the run. They just have a hard time getting to the quarterback. Think of this. So, so we have like our three down guys, like Stilly and Robinson. Um, and the big, you know, they call them snacks. What's, uh, da- Darian Daniels or Damian Daniels. It's Damian. Da- yeah, Darian was, it was Darian yeah, last year. Dar- Darian's last year. This is Damian Daniels. They call they him call snacks. Him snack. I just call him snacks. Cause he's, he's a big boy. Uh, <laughs> I love it. my, my wife literally asked me, she says, why do they call him snacks? I said, honey, just look at it. <laughs> oh, so, uh, <laughs> So those and those three guys, they're big dudes. Like, and, and you think about them compared to the guys last year. Like the Davis twins were athletic, but they're not built to be like in a three-four defense. So I think they struggled at times when these big, tall, long guys are leaning on them or reaching them because they don't have the length, right? The length to use their hands and get off, right? Um, so those guys are good there, but they're not pass rushers. Like the edge rushers need to be the the outside linebackers. And then in the, in the third down, those outside guys would go to defensive ends. And then you'd take like a Stilly and a Robinson and move them inside. Sure. And then Snacks goes off and has a snack. <laughs> get a snack, Snacks. Instead of hitting snacks the showers, like, get a water, get some water. It's Get a snack, Snacks. He's over there eating like 
Cheetos. Get a snack. Oh, I bet he has a snack every trip to the sideline. That's how he stays in his fighting weight. All right, we're all here. We're ready for the meeting. Everybody got their pen and paper out. Snacks. You got a snack? Yeah, coach. Good. All right. Let's take a look <laughs> at the man. run defense. <laughs> oh, man. Mike has his snacks. So anyway, yeah, so that, that's what we're, we're missing. But, yeah, we, we are more physical. We got to find edge rushers that can play outside linebacker and then on third down. That's where we have two guys that we can transition to defensive ends on third down plays. Because our third down defense will never go until we can put the heat on the quarterback, collapse those pockets a little bit quicker, and that makes coverage so much easier. I mean, right. I don't care how good you are. Like, if you got to cover for six seconds, like, you're not going to be able to do it. I, I just – and the other thing with the defense is they bowed up and got stops twice late in the game to at least give the offense a chance. After the muff punt from Cam Taylor-Britt, they bowed up and held them to a field goal, which obviously mm-hmm. is huge. And then – after then the, then the offense came back out and had to punt, and they ended up hanging tough and forcing a field goal where, oh boy, missed it. So, like, the other thing you're starting to see, whether it's in the Northwestern game or the Penn State game or this Iowa game, in big spots. Now, obviously it didn't happen against Illinois, and Ohio State is Ohio State. But it's three of the five games in big spots when the defense needed to, like, needed to bow up and either hold a team to three points or stop a team, they've kind of done it. They're doing the opposite of what the offense is doing. The, the, the defense is making progress and making the plays to win games more often than not, and the offense is not. They're not necessarily making a ton of progress, and they're not making plays to win games. Right. And so it's just unfortunate that that's kind of what where it is. And, you know, I, I think obviously I, I would say the defense has – less holes than the offense. I think the defense right now, you could say it's like you get us a couple of pass rushers and we're in business. I agree. Uh, we're offense. You say we need, we need a bunch of wide receivers. We need running backs. We need uh, a Victoria's you know, secret subscription to cam Jurgens so he can, we, we need to get that, uh, that whale tail. Should we give him a, we get a red whale tail. stick? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, oh my god, he's gonna snap. Well, what is it? Is it Victoria's Secret sweatpants have pink on the butt? Oh, Jurgens yeah, yeah, needs yeah. pink on. So when he gets into three, four, <laughs> he needs pink on that. Just some, that's what he needs. And then in, I think in Bull Durham, Nuke Lelouch, he was wearing the what are those things? Not the garter, the garter belt. Yeah, I think the garter belt's the real one. That's, that's a, the one that. That's when. That's that's when. That's the last resort. So last resort for we have, if, he, if there's another bad snap, we're getting him. We're the getting him the gutter belt. That's what we need to do. So, real quick, I mean, the other thing too, real quick, was special teams. I mean, special teams, just not good, man. Like it, it's again, they Nebraska muffed the punt, like we said. Nebraska was down three at that point. Iowa recovers and kicks a field goal, and punt coverage was bad. Uh, Iowa had a 31 punt return that's 31 yard punt return that set up the touchdown, but just overall, I think it was Brian Christofferson wrote this down, or tweeted this out. Average starting field position. Iowa's average starting field position was at the 37 yard line. Nebraska's was at the 26. And then for Iowa, every drive but one, 
started at the 30-yard line or better for the Hawkeyes. It's, yeah, that that felt more like our our Penn State game for field position, where we really like that was the only game that that it was in our favor that much. Where you know our those I'm not against pooching our kickoffs, right? I'm not against it. You need to get a little farther though. It can't be on the 35 every time, right? You need to get to the 25, um, and you got to have a few that you kick out of the end zone. Like you can't pooch every one of them because you're giving up 10 yards sometimes every play and for us we have no prayer of returning to kickoff right now I'd rather us just fair catch it and take you know so Elante Brown I mean I don't know if he's good I that's the other thing I was going to ask you about why does and maybe maybe I'm just misremembering and you let me out does Nebraska seem to rotate who's returning punts and kickoffs a lot punts more than kickoffs which I don't I've never fully why do they do that like why I don't, I don't know sometimes it's Wandale sometimes it's Cam Taylor Britt so like I don't understand that I, I'm, I'm not sure yeah, I don't but, know but I'm with you on I mean it's just hard if the reality of the situation is Nebraska goes into every game right now it's pretty much a guarantee they're gonna they're gonna lose the penalties the penalty battle they're gonna lose on special teams they're gonna lose the turnover battle and Third down. They're going to lose third down. <laughs> like the, like the, these are like guarantees to start the game. And it's, it's almost incredible when you, you say all those things out loud that they are even in a lot of these games at the end of the game. That's sort of what we are right now. We're this team that's good enough to be in it. And we're not good enough to win yet. We don't know how to win. It's crazy. And Nick, you know how you win? Be better on third down. Be better on, yes, on special teams, and that, don't turn the ball over. That's, that's it. That's it. I mean that that's the reality. That that's what's hard is like, and that seems like doable. That's the thing I struggle with so much is like I sit there. I'm like, man, all Nebraska has to do is if they just got better at penalties and turnovers and special teams, they they would they would win a lot more of these games. But maybe maybe that's in I I make that jump a lot easier in my head than it really is potentially yeah i don't know nick i think there there's gonna be some deep soul searching on because the reality with this coaching staff is they they they're learning right now yeah they've been learning for three years it's been a way harder road they they're getting a you know trial by fire right now um best case scenario is they they continue to learn and grow and, you know, shape this culture the way it needs to be. And then hopefully they have time to do it. Worst case scenario is people get impatient and, you know, don't give them time to do it. Um, but they, they're going to need to do some more soul searching in terms of how they, they form this culture. And right now there's a culture of mistakes and that's what's uh, mental error. You know, like they're going to have to find, what do you a think way that to is? Get their guys to what, just be a little bit cleaner. What I, I'm trying to figure out what that is, you know, like how, and I'm trying to harken back on my experiences and and how does one how does one become a program and a team that doesn't make mistakes? 
Like I, I'm, it's it's an interesting. I'm trying to figure that out because you know, Frost is one of the first things Frost was asked, and we're going to get into his press conference. We'll do it now, but like one of the first things he was at, he's like, I, you know, we've been trying to clean this up with mistakes and discipline for three years, and it's making me old. And yeah, I don't, I don't know what. What do you think that answer is? The, the easiest answer to me that that you know, from my experience is you got to coach it out of them and you know whatever the bar is and i i know they raised the bar they raised expectations they raised accountability they're gonna have to do some soul searching and realize whatever that bar is it's got to go up another notch and they're gonna have to dig in on these guys and not allow not allow mistakes not allow well not necessarily mistakes like repeated mistakes right so the cam jurgens is a great example where it's being allowed because they have no choice. Yep. And that's that's soul searching, Nick. I mean, I don't have a great answer. That's do you bench your most talented guy that is a hard worker and doing everything right, but is not performing the right way? Like it's not like he's not practicing. He practices hard. Right. But if he can't do it, he's gotta go potentially, right? That's a hard these are hard choices. They're they're growing. So to me, it's like you gotta keep bringing in better players. And you got to keep raising the bar as these coaches are learning, and and you got to just you got to drive it out of them, man. Yeah, you got to drive these losing habits out of a program that's got it deep in them right now. I yeah, because I wrote down. It, it's basically what you just said. The hard the the hard part about it is the easiest way to eradicate it is better players and better depth. Better yeah. players make fewer mistakes. Bad players make mistakes. You, you know, like, I, I don't, I mean, that's, and, and here's the thing is, someone that is mistake prone might focus a little more if they know they're, they're getting benched and might not get back on the field if they make a mistake. You, you know? Well, yeah. Like, so and it's, in practice every day, like, and in practice, if, if you make mistakes and you get, you know, you're done. Hey, take a lap. You know, when you when you start getting ready to know what you're supposed to do and how to do it, you get to play. But the problem is that there's nobody better behind you. You find a way to get back on the field. You know, like that's that's the the issue with depth. So there are no win. real. The problem is other than losing, and you would think losing would motivate, but sometimes everyone, when push comes to shove, we're all creatures of of self preservation. Like yeah, you know, like when you get pushed to the to the edge, you, you're you're focused on you. And the reality is a lot of the other than losing, there are no real ramifications for mistakes because the you're not you're, these guys aren't getting benched. They're not losing their starting spot. They're still playing, even though they are holding or jumping off sides or false starts or errant snaps or whatever. Like. They're they're still getting trotted back out there, and when you still get trotted back out there, it, it I think it's it subconsciously messes with it, it. Probably is going to not have the same effect. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. And, and Nick, and part of it is just you know we don't got enough guys that make plays to win. Like you know, you know we we can't block a guy at the end of the game. Like. Uh, I don't know that that's coaching. I mean, Nick, it's a pass block. Like, right. you got to win. Like, when your best players can't win the game for you, you can't win. 
Right. And that's to me, that was a case of that wasn't a, you know, that was nothing more than that's a man versus man. Can you block him so my quarterback can throw? And we couldn't do it. You know, that's a, that's a player not winning a game for you. And so that's the other part that's hard. It's like, it's like, is that coaching or what, you know, it's like, or is it just, I, yeah. I, the other thing you know, I was going to ask you is how tough. hard is, how hard is it? How hard is it that some of their problems in practice or some of their problems may be, may be hard to show up in practice because you don't have refs? Does you that make sense? Do you have you do. like uh, you have yeah, you have refs throwing flags like real like real crews. Okay. I didn't know if they like so you have you oh, have yeah. like an officiating crew at every practice. Yeah. It's 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 part of every day. Because that because I was thinking about that, like maybe they're you know, you're, but, you know, you practice like, you know, you're like, ah, hey, Jurgen's held. And you're like, ah, it's okay. They, you know? but Nick, I, even back when I was like, they throw the flag and you go, ah, whatever, you know, like, right. Cause you're going to the next play that you're, you're always so concerned with reps that you're not actually going, you know, it, it's never as a big of a deal in practice because it's all about reps. Right. So you're not going to stop for 10 minutes and let's walk it back 15. Right. Like, right. No, right. You just, Next group up. I'd, I'd be curious. And, I wish someone would ask Frost that question. One of the, if like I ever said, I'd be like, I'm just, and I wouldn't be like, I'm not trying to be an asshole. Like, what? I'm curious how you structure disciplining mistakes in practice. Like, what does that look a, like? Is it a lap? A lap. Is so it? You know, they start. I think they started taking. A, you know, people start taking a lap, and that's a Bel- Belichick would do. Take a lap. Right. I'll start. Go take. You run around. The, you know, take a lap. Right. Um. So that I, I like that we started doing that. I think the and Nick. I mean, this is the part that me and you, you know, we could talk hours about. But I do think there is a culture around, mo- like the youth of America. Here we that go. They just they don't want to be yelled at. Yeah. And so I, I think that's that- a fine line that coaches 10, 20, 30, 30 years ago definitely didn't have to. You could you could mf every player. You could grab their face masks. You could go freaking smack them on the head you could you could torture there was nothing you couldn't do to a player 30 years ago and nick now if you yell at a kid he might transfer and that's too bad but they're probably are right now i guess these coaches are all going we need to yell at these kids more don't we like screw it like you know well that I- and the ones that can't handle it maybe they need to go because I, I think there is there is an element that every coach in America is dealing with in college right now. You're so right. I mean, because when I think about when I think about my experiences in playing, a huge part of a huge part of of doing things right and not making mistakes was almost a little bit of fear of the coach and fear of you know getting your your ass ripped you yeah. know and i mean i i always tell the story you know there are two things like i always tell the story of in high school where you we were playing in the in the state it was the state uh football tournament and uh it, it was the playoffs and we were it was the quarterfinals it was a papillion when it was really snowy yeah, oh yeah. And I fumbled like two or three snaps in the first half. And we go into the locker room and Chuck Mazursky, legendary high school football coach, 
you know, I'm I'm a sophomore and I'm in my feelings, you know, like I'm over there, like, you know, I'm rattled. I'm like probably just peeing my pants and all that stuff. And like he calls me over right before he was like, Ball, come here. And I went over there and in the moment I thought, okay, what I like what I wanted was for him to put his arm around me and tell me it's gonna be okay and you're okay. It's gonna be just fine. I man. still love you. You're okay. Hey, look at me. You're okay. All right. It's okay. In my in my weak pussy 16 year old mind I wanted that right but what he told me I get over there and he gets nose to nose with me and says and I quote if you fumble one more fucking snap you're never playing another down at quarterback at southeast understood (laughs) and I was like yes sir and you know what I didn't fumble another snap Cause you, I, but see, I, I believe like I don't know. I mean, I think there's so there's there's a generation where they've been told that, that you should never yell at a kid, and they don't know. You know, I don't. Think, I, just I mean, think I don't there's, know. There's a place in football. There's a place for getting yelled at. There's a place for getting in a kid's face and telling them like that's not good enough. That effort's not that. You well, know, that focus or attention to personal. detail. Yeah. Right. Right. So as long as it's not personal, like I don't like you, you're you're worthless. Like it's not that it's that efforts that efforts not worth the crap. You know that attitude's not worth the crap. You know you're not paying attention. Like you know those are the things a coach is supposed to get on you for. And sometimes certain guys need to be getting on gotten on hard. Some guys. A little, you know, a, a nice pat in the back does nothing for them. Sometimes they need somebody to get in their face. You and you and I were talking on the phone last week, and and one thing you and I got into, and again, we sound like we're real, like get off my lawn, guys. But like this is all real, and I think this is all a part of of discipline in a program. Like we do a lot of a lot of, uh, you know, we talk about players' feelings a lot. Like, how do you think this guy's feeling? Well, what do you think this guy's at mentally? What do you think about this guy? Like, you, you know you know who wasn't concerned? About, the one thing I can guarantee you, Dana Altman didn't give a shit about my feelings. Bill Self didn't care how I was feeling. Like, didn't care. And if I didn't get the job done... If I was messing up, turning it over, whatever, you know, whatever, wasn't executing something, wasn't rotating defensively, screwed up this, screwed up that. The one thing I expected was for Coach Altman to get in my ass. And I knew that he didn't care that I felt bad about it, you know? And I just think it's sometimes we do, we get so like, well, how do you think this guy's feeling about that right now? Like, well, even the Cam Jordan, like, how does he feel? I, I don't care how he feels. Like, care. to me, it's like, play him if you think he gives you a better chance to win, but otherwise, take his, take him out. Like, I, I don't care how he feels. I don't, actually. Right. But that's, well, even that's at the quarterbacks, the hard... you know, it's like, I don't, like, yeah. how, do, how does Adrian feel about that? Well, it's like, how does he feel? I don't know. I don't know. And frankly, I don't care. This is big boy football. Like, Will we win if he's in versus out? That, those are the questions, the only question we really need to ask. Right. So I, I think, I, yeah, it's just to be interesting to see. I do think as the talent increases, the depth increases, the better discipline becomes because the greatest motivator beyond getting ripped, like we just said, is sit down. You know what? You sit down. Okay? 
Yeah. And then, you know, and Frost mentioned, you know, we had Wittstrom, we had Peter, you know, they're going to police a lot of this stuff. And that's true. But until you got them, it's going to be on the coaches to, um, to build this thing. So I, I guess I think they just, they're going to have to dig deep and find another level. I mean, I think they've done a job, which was raise the, they, they raised the accountability. They raised the the culture to another level, but they're going to have to dig deeper and find more because this, we're not good enough to not be more disciplined yeah. uh, and more clean. So they're going to have to dig deep and find that. And that probably means putting in protocols uh, for how they do things that maybe they didn't really want to have to do, but maybe they're going to have to lock it up a little bit more. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, this we'll, we'll get into the press conference stuff. We'll do the LFS takeaway and then we'll, we'll, we'll jet because we're at, we're a little over an hour now, but you know, cause we're kind of getting into some of Frost's comments. I, I want to get it. So that Frost press conference was interesting. I do think I want to preface everything with this overall. And I know you'll nod and agree me with this. Overall, I do think we all make way too big of a deal out of what is said at press conferences. I think overall, we all take one little quote from a player or a coach, and that becomes like the thing we we talk about for a week. Yeah. So I think I want to start there because the one thing I think people need to understand – I I didn't play at football at Nebraska, but obviously you did. I did. I was at a big program like Kansas, and Creighton didn't get covered to the degree that Nebraska football did. I can't ever remember being knowing what a coach said at a press conference, or like that wasn't even what like what was you, you know what I mean. And I get that we live in a different day and age with social media, where things get thr- it's it's harder to avoid those things. But sometimes yeah. I think we think about like. You know, like all, like I, you know, we'll think, well, what do the players think about this quote from Frost? I want to be like, you know what? I bet the players don't even know what he said, and they don't even Most care. Of them don't get the, they don't get the paper. No, and you know what? The all the players care about and know is what Frost is saying to them. You know, like yeah. that is what matters the most. So I think I just wanted to start by saying, like, before we make too big of a deal out of some of the stuff he said, I want to say overall, we all make too big a deal out of what is said at press conferences. Nebraska isn't winning or losing games because of what is being said at a press conference. Okay. Yeah. Like, but you know, there was a few things that, you know, he did the whole thing. He talked about uh, Jason Peter and Grant Wisherum, or he even brought up, he's like, Hey man, nobody had to tell tell Joel McAvicker, Mike Menner to be ready to play. And you know, that's true. But I think sometimes Frost says stuff and he doesn't really like, well, who's, who is responsible for that environment? The coaches were. The coaches yeah. created the environment where, for, a, for a, a laundry list of reasons, you didn't have to tell Joel McAvicka and Mike Minner to be ready to play because the environment dictated that. So yeah. I, I, think, I, I think Frost needs to almost reverse engineer some of this stuff and realize that, like, yeah, you showed up and it was like that, but it was, it was like that because of what that coaching staff had instilled into the program. So the fact that you are having to try to get guys to be ready to play and all that stuff, that's a, that's a window into like your environment has to get better or who you are bringing into your environment has to change. Fair? Very fair. I mean, th- that's the hard part that I think people, they for, they don't maybe totally understand about when a program is 
is really rolling, right? When a, when a culture has been built, it's sort of like this loop that sort of reinforces itself, right? Where the the players then instill the culture that the coaches 20 years ago instilled. And, it, it, you know, we came out of a high school program that was like that. Yes. Where it was a great culture that had been going for, you know, all sports champions for 10 or 15 straight years and football programs, you know, won state titles. And it just was a big deal. It meant a lot. There was, there there was, was a standard a of culture. how you prepare and what you do. Yeah. yeah. And, Nick, when I got to Nebraska, right, in 2003, they just came off being, you know, in the national title game, you know, a few years before, you know, five years before they were in, they had won a national title. Sure. The culture was still there, Nick. When I got there, it was there. And during my time, when they made, when they fire Frank, they bring in Cal, we watched them dismantle our culture, right? Right. And we had to try to rebuild it ourselves after it had been dismantled and, you know, totally messed with. But they started at a low point in cold. Like the culture that we had, even with Callahan, was better than what Frost had to come into. We had NFL guys that had been, you know, they, you know, had been through quite a bit where, you know, it wasn't a, a matter of talent and it wasn't a matter of like, you know, you know, the ability, it was, it was, it was scheme and, you know, fit and all that type of stuff that was totally different. This is like, we had a culture problem and a talent problem uh, that ran deep and it's not going to reinforce itself right now. It's not going to even be quick. They're going to have to manufacture it these first five to seven years. And then hopefully we win and the guys that are in there, we'll take care of it from there. But in the beginning right now, it's going to be on Frost and these coaches. Yeah. So I just think, I just want, I thought that was, because I understand what Frost is saying, but again, I think Frost thinks that was more about Makovic and Mike Minner as individuals, when in all reality, it was more about the environment that was built by the coaches. So yeah, I mean, they were, they were that way. That's true. But a culture is a real thing. And when it's there, it's there. And, Nebraska had it for 30 years, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. They had it right. in spades, man. They had it where it was hard work. It was the best strength and conditioning program, which is such a big part of everything, um, that it just fed on itself. Totally. I mean, it really did. And, you know, and then, you know, I didn't love the whole – Frost seemed to blame some of Jurgen's bad snaps on Iowa clapping, which there might've been one instance of that, but I mean, I could, sometimes some of that stuff comes off as excuses. Uh, and I think he's trying to defend a guy that he likes. I think he really likes Jurgens, And so right. he, he's really, he's, you can tell the guys he wants to, he wants to go to bat for and He's one of them. And then, you know, I didn't, again, there's certain things where it's like, I understand what he's saying, but I'm just like, I didn't love, when he made the comment about how, you know, I've been doubted in this state before. And I'm paraphrasing here. He said, I've been doubted in this state before, and we know what happened last time, and it's going to happen again. I just, I, when I heard that quote, I was like, I kind of cringed and was like, I just, 
you know, going at the fans in any way just does not seem like a worthwhile venture to me. When, when first of all, the lion's share of the fans are still all in on you. Yeah. And in all reality, who you are and how the fans view you is a huge reason why it's not even more there isn't like I think that's a huge reason why there isn't more doubt and it's not more toxic around here than it is. You you know what I mean? So like yeah, I understood I understood what he was saying. It's just I never love I I never love going at the fans like that. You know where it's like I mean because at the, at, on some levels it's like for us what do you I mean it's like dude you you're you're ten and nineteen or whatever it is you know yeah. like you're you're like you think people are gonna be like you know, throwing a parade right now, you know I mean? People are like, no, I, I think the, the, my, my whole thought is, you know, like, I, I really again, don't. None of this matters. Worry. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. And my, my whole thing is I, I do think hopefully that fans, which I think they do. I think, I hope that they understand that we need to get over a hump and it's not going to happen with anybody else in my mind. And the rebuild, like the, the thought of let's go to another rebuild oh, to me ridiculous. is now that is that is to me is the worst idea I could possibly. No think question of about because it. Because we've done it now three times in the last decade and it's time to just let just let this process play out for a while and the fans are gonna have to be patient beyond beyond what they even can understand, right. probably. And I think that that's kind of where I'm at. And I, I think most people get that. There's always going to be the, the naysayers. There's always going to be the, yes. On to the next thing. On to the next one. Let's try somebody else and it'll be just as easy. And I'm like, nope, they're going to be in their own hole to figure out, you know, changing systems and players. and it, It's not worth doing it. The, 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 to me, the right move is just keep building, keep showing progress keep building and good things will happen. I and, and anybody that genuinely feels like and I and I hate to even like I feel like it feels like a straw man because I, I I feel like I don't know who in all reality wants to make a change, you know, like so I I don't think anybody really some, does. Some people some people just I think like change if something's not immediately right, they just let's try something else. Right. And they, they're quick to that. I'm I'm always very slow to that. I'm the, I'm always usually the last for the firing. Right. Right. And so it just was an interesting press conference. You could tell. I mean, again, it's and you not surprised. You can tell this is just wearing on that dude, man. And it's like he looked. He looked. He said, "I'm making me old." He's starting to look a he's little. He's starting old. to look like he's like, man. I'm just like, I'm so over this shit at times. You know, like with oh, some God. of it's just again, it's the same thing over and over again, and it's just get you know, it's frustrating. So I I understand that. We'll wrap it up with the Aloe Fast takeaway. You know, hey Bo, you know what makes you appreciate the greatness of your home fast internet is when you're at on the road and you have to use crappy hotel internet you know you're like okay this is taking forever this is i was trying to stream the nebraska basketball game and it was like horrible I mean, it just made me miss aloe and it's that all fiber network in lincoln and across the state that is second to none again when you're having to work from home zoom meetings whatever internet never been more important make the switch do it Go to allofiber.com, allofiber.com. Tell them Nick Boss sent you. What's the big takeaway with this one? You got any? I mean, I feel like it's the same. I mean, just is the big takeaway like more of the same stuff, you know, like. 
more of the same is probably the, 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 the phrase of the day. O-line needs to be better. If the offense can do what it did, plus the O-line playing better, defense holding, holding court, we can win games. We got to play clean, though. We have not played but one clean game this year, and we won that game. Right. So we just got to play clean. I do think – because I, I agree with all that, so I'll go positive. One of the other big takeaways is Nebraska's getting more physical and better in the trenches defensively. I'm not saying they've arrived. I'm not saying it's, you know, the Peter brothers and Grant Wistrom and, and those dudes. I'm not saying that. But they are getting better. Think about how much Iowa pushed everyone around – in 2017, last year, Riley, 2018, first year of Frost, how they, they, Nebraska was just getting blown off the ball. Mm-hmm. And then think about what you watched on on Black Friday. Like, it was different. Nebraska was was winning the point of attack. They were stuck. I mean, they had Iowa had 35 yards rushing in the first half. 35, you know? And... Outside of Wisconsin, it kind of feels like Iowa is kind of the standard of physicality in the West, you know? Yeah. And so I think that is good. Again, I, I, I really sincerely believe good things are happening on that side of the ball. I, I really believe that. I think I think the physicality, the the run defense, hitting dudes, willingness to to stick your nose in there at every position has improved so much. And that is a great sign because one of the things we've talked about for forever is like, hey, man, none of this matters if you don't get more physical and get better in the trenches. Well, at least in one area, I do think Nebraska, the arrow is trending up in that regard. So I do. that's one of my big takeaways yeah. was like I'm not, when I sat down to watch this game, I thought, man, it's going to be interesting to see if Nebraska just gets punked again like they did against Minnesota last year or Iowa last year or Wisconsin or whatever, you know. And they didn't like the one thing that did, yesterday wasn't about getting manhandled or punked. Like they did, that, that's not what that game was about. So I think that's another big takeaway from the game too, which is good. Yeah. All right, man. We're at an hour and twenty. We went a little long. We too much Victoria's Secret talk and and high school you know, talk and all that off. stuff. It's always the Victoria's off. Secret talk. You know, it's what it is. It's the secret to life. <laughs> all right, my friend. Well, uh, I am going to go back to. Uh, I don't think I can drink again today. That's the only thing that sucks. I should have only had half a bottle. So I'm not. It's only fit- Saturday, isn't it? I know. It feels well, weird. I it feels feel like, like it should be Sunday. I just, you know, your boy's a little hungover, so I might have to just, uh, you know, get a work. Now I got to work. Any recommendation? Working out in your room. I did bring bands here. Ooh. Like, ba- like bands? Like I can get a quick, like. Chuck Norris Total Gym almost thing going here, you know? I I, I like that. I, I think he'll have a YouTube Chuck Norris. That, that'll be your workout today. I remember the first time I saw an infomercial to the Total Gym, I was sold. I was like, that <laughs> thing looks incredible. And then I remember we you went into ShopCo, <laughs> and they had a Total Gym set up, and I was like, wow, I want to I wanna use that thing. But I didn't. I didn't. Anything that's good enough for Chuck Norris, though, is – you ever watched any episode of Walker, Texas Ranger? You seem like a guy that had probably watched like 15 episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger. I, I've watched a few. I've seen a lot of Chuck Norris. What exactly movies, is though. he? He's a detective? He's a he's a he's more like a sheriff. No, he's a he's a Texas Ranger. He's a Ranger. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, obviously. He's a and Texas what a, Ranger. What do Texas Rangers do? What is their jurisdiction? Let me think about that. Um <laughs> 
Let me just tell you. Like, what was they he? They find the bad guys and they put their boots in their butts. <laughs> Fine. He finds the troublemakers and and shuts them down. Is that pre- like what problems was he solving? Ranger problems, Nick. Like ranger what are Ranger? I don't like our Ranger problems. So like- Rangers are. I think they're unique to Texas. Like they have. I don't know if they if they deal with cattle or um, somebody's going to campfire. We got idiots. a campfire that has not been properly dealt with. So they're they're their own thing in Texas. I don't know exactly what they. Um, I hate that I'm. See, I don't like googling everything. I like to think it through and see if I have a memory. <laughs> I, well, I'm going to be no I help. Really you. don't. Texas what is a Rangers. like? What did Chuck Norris really like? What was he fighting against? Texas Ranger. Uh, the Texas uh, <laughs> statewide investigative law enforcement agency with statewide jurisdiction. I told you it's about jurisdiction. I like that word. Statewide. I like that word. Statewide jurisdiction. So he would. Okay. All right. So he was just perusing the entire state of Texas for bad guys. Yeah. And functions as a paramilitary force. Um, Oh, that's what they did in the old days. I just wonder what Chuck Norris was really like, you know, in my mind, like Chuck Norris was like doing what Jack Bauer did, but on just a much smaller scale. I think that's probably fair. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was, I thought Chuck Norris was basically key for Sutherland, but just, you know, with with smaller problems. I feel like every episode of 24, someone was trying to assassinate the president of the United States. I got to def- I got to dismantle that show a plan. Had a couple of great oh, years. Right? It, I mean, the first two seasons of 24 were like I mean you thought the president was going down in every episode and Jack figured it out. I mean Chuck Norris was like someone's barbecue wasn't like pulled pork is undercooked. Let's get Chuck Norris on it. <laughs> <laughs> you into campfires. <laughs> Nick, that's called a park ranger. <laughs> In my mind, he was a park ranger. He was dealing with Whoa, someone didn't have campfire. <laughs> Don't litter. Don't litter on the ground. Okay. Just make sure. Oh, that's my problem. I went there. park ranger. You're right. I was going park there. ranger and it was a Texas ranger. The only ranger I know is a park ranger. You were right. thinking Smokey the Bear. We're officially at that no. point where we're wasting people's time. I don't know if people are into this talk, but we're wasting people's time. All right, my friend. Hey, uh, you the man, appreciate you. And uh, who who does Nebraska play this week? Is it Purdue? Purdue, Purdue. Okay, so can, is Rondell Moore? Does Rondell Moore need to just shut it down and go? Let's just Rondell Moore. Just you should do what Rashad Bateman did and just let's just go to the NFL, right? We can only hope. But they got another receiver that's really good. That's yeah. Bell. Yeah, Bell. Oh, really good. Okay, two so good receivers. Those corners better be ready to rock. All right, my friend. Uh, that'll do it for this recap pod. We'll catch you next week. All right, my thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Rumza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. A Huda Media Production.